Busting Lucky podcast, Regen Fires in Europe, EV of the Year, and Gas Scented Fragrance for your EV. Welcome to the first of our uh, summertime bi-weekly episodes. Uh, we're trying to just get some enjoyment out in the summer and let some of the news build up a little bit so we've got more to talk about. So the episodes will be slightly longer, uh, but we'll have you know lots more to talk about. So again, lots of news. We'll start with news out of, I guess it's Ann Arbor, Michigan still. Uh, Car and Driver released their EV of the Year awards not too long ago, and surprise, surprise, the Mustang Mach-E uh, reigned supreme in this first ever EV of the Year test that an award that uh, Car and Driver has been given out. Pretty impressive in that it went up against, you know, the established competitors, the Model 3, the Model Y, uh, the brand new Volkswagen ID4, and a couple of others uh, to secure that victory. And, you know, it's just proof that what we have been saying about uh, the vehicle uh, thus far has, has not just been, you know, a sort of fan folks looking at it, but the reviewers have really caught hold to some of the, the benefits that Ford kind of built into the vehicle to uh, allow it to be not just a game changer for Ford, but also something that was and is, you know, a hitting the sweet spot of the marketplace. And so, you know, basically cashing in on the Mustang brand. Again, there are people who have their own hangups about is it a is it a Mustang or not? I mean, that that really is beside the point. The fact is, it gets the it gets the attention, you know, because it does have the looks and it has the the name recognition, and then also backs it up with actual functionality. I mean, it's a great size. It is a great package in terms of you know the five passenger and the the uh, the sporty back. Car looks great, performs well. You got the range, you know. You using the the network that is the 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 network that it has access to with the four pass and the the plug and play charging. I think it gets the charging pretty well. I mean, there are definitely definitely room for improvement and. You know, Electrify America has come out with some news of its own uh, to add to that. But yeah, it's the the car is solid, so you know it's no surprise that it's won uh, this really key uh, utility vehicle of the year award. Um, I think it is going to really put some pressure on General Motors to come up with something equally nice and equally you know, sort of all-inclusive to fit into that same category because as of right now, the Bolt and the Bolt EUV, I mean, they're good, but they're still, I would say, kind of, you know, 
I don't know, I guess old school thinking where, you know, the EV needed to be small, it needed to, you know, be a really a compact that you were, you know, trying to get the most mileage out of. I mean, it still has that compliance car feel to it. So, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see what the Cadillac Lyric is like. But still, you know, that's a luxury vehicle. So I, I really am, am curious to see what GM is able to do with the Ultium platform. Uh, you know, in the mass market. So a car that's in the 35 to, you know, $50,000 range, like what is that going to be and how functional is it going to be and how much, you know, good solid utility is it going to deliver uh, to the to the buying public. Uh, the other news item we wanted to touch on is, you know, got this report out of Norway that a couple of Mustang Mach-E's caught fire while using the regenerative brakes, um, it is something that, you know, the fire situation is always uh, scary to people because you've got, and just recently, maybe two weeks ago, there was a Tesla, a new Tesla Model S plaid that caught fire and basically burned down to the ground. Um, so anything, anytime you, you, you know, you put EV and fire in the same sentence, you know, folks are going to be a little bit on edge. Um, so far, the reports state that there have been six vehicles to overheat due to region breaking, with a few of those uh, catching on fire. So hopefully, Ford will be able to address, hopefully likely with an over-the-air uh, update uh, to the software. Uh, and again, that makes it really easy to kind of try to diagnose because you can pull data from the vehicles remotely, run simulations, and then deliver a fix to the cars that are impacted uh, all over the air, which really is going to be a game changer in terms of, you know, the maintenance schedules and, and keeping your car in tip-top shape if the manufacturer can really have that insight and all the information that they need, you know, coming to them uh, from the vehicle directly instead of having, you know, the owner have to bring it to a shop and then, you know, do those direct downloads. So we'll see as things progress what they're able to find and what the, the significance of it is. Hopefully it's just whatever the issue is, it's limited to a certain uh, identifiable batch of vehicles, you know, because typically you can trace down when a vehicle was made based on its VIN number and, and see if there was some issue in the production process or in the software build for those particular models to be able to identify where the problem is. You know, I imagine that it is something to do with the one pedal driving um, and or, uh, you know, just literally some some routing of cooling situations both on the, the front motor and at, at the brakes themselves so we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and let you know the other news is that Ford has just released a fragrance that smells like gas uh, specifically for those who crave you know <laughs> performance crave the performance of the, the all-electric you know vehicle but really still want the, you know, the other sensations, the, particularly the sense of 
uh, the gas uh, driving experience. So they got a, a fragrance that, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm trying to smell like gas because usually even when you're pumping gas, you're trying to avoid that. So let's, uh, I guess we'll let somebody else test that out and see how, how it goes. But yeah, you know, something for everybody. And maybe if that's the thing that gets people on the bandwagon, so be it. Um, again, since there has been a lot of time, we got a lot of news that we can go over. One thing that struck me that was cool uh, was that... The the Chicago Auto Show opened up recently, and uh, as of July 15th, uh, if you're interested, if you're in Chicago and you want to experience both the Ford Mustang Mach-E and the Volkswagen ID4, uh, both automakers are offering test rides uh, in those vehicles outside of McCormick Place, uh, where the auto show is being held. To give you that full, full-on experience of what it's like to be in an EV and, and experience these two particular EVs uh, in specific. So, if you're in the Chicagoland area and that's something you want to do, by all means, go and check it out. It's definitely should be fun and should be a, a good chance to get a good comparison between the two vehicles if you're trying to decide between which one, you know, between the ID4 and the Mustang Mach-E. Um, another news item that's really big and significant for uh, Mustang Mach-E current owners and potential owners is that Electrify America, which is one of the main uh, partners of Ford with the, in terms of the charging, commits to significant network expansion through 2025. So you know, us being in 21 right now, you know, that's for over the next three years while you know, it kind of overlays with a huge influx and a huge expansion of EV sales, they've pledged to basically double, more than double the amount of chargers in its network through 2025. They're calling it the Boost Plan, uh, which aims to have an excess of 1,800 fast charging stations and 10,000 individual chargers installed by 2026, which would amount to a major expansion of charging uh, in the company's American footprint. Um, if they can get that date, you know, that would represent literally over, they'd almost uh, increase their um, capacity by over a thousand charging stations um, and actually triple the individual chargers So uh, that they had already set up to have ready by 2022. So yeah, they're, they're, that's an ambitious goal, like to go from 800 to 1800 and then 3500 individual actual charging slots uh, in 2022 which are slated to hit and then to triple that basically up to 10,000 is going to be huge so we'll, we're hoping that they can pull it off um, now part of what that expansion is going to do is kind of grow in places where they kind of don't exist right now. So we may, you know, if you're in the more populated areas, you may see some, you know, some improvement in, in availability. Uh, but if you're in areas where, you know, they don't exist right now uh, and they're, they're uh, looking to expand in a couple of key states, South Dakota, North Dakota, 
Hawaii, West Virginia. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I mean, that's huge for those places where the network doesn't exist currently. Uh, but even in the other places, I mean, just the expansion and the the doubling. That's you know, those new locations is going to account for everything. And so we should see, you know, in places like Detroit and Chicago and Philadelphia and you know all those other in Atlanta, all those major cities, we still should see some additional growth because Electrify America is not just a partner for Ford. You know, they are the wholly owned subsidiary of Volkswagen. So, you know, they've committed to having massive amount of EV sales as well uh, across all their brands. So they, they need those chargers out there as well. So we should, we should see some pretty nice growth. Now, of course, it's going to take a long time to check out, to, to catch up to Tesla, but you know, anything is better than nothing. Because uh, at the moment, you know, Tesla has a solid lead and it really does, uh, <laughs> it really does make the, make a difference when you've got that solid charging network behind you in terms of your range anxiety and your ability just to, to use your EV in a way that's very similar to how you use your gas powered car. Now, if we could just get forward to adjust the charging curve, you know, above 80% capacity, then we'd have some a real thing going with the Mustang Mach-E. Because right now, as you are probably aware, charges pretty well up to about 80%, and then it starts to slow down uh, for that last 20%. Um, and I think that was designed really to kind of give you longevity on the battery. But, you know, sometimes, you you know, you want to have a full tank. You want to have a full, a full battery. So uh, being able to have... And it get closer to that out in the public charging areas is going to be really important. Um, so we'll keep watching that, keep watching that story, and also see if Ford is able to adjust the charging curve via software update uh, as well. So the next thing I wanted to talk about um, was... Uh, the the Mustang Maki actually just set a Guinness World Record, and that efficiency record was set actually in England or well the UK, in that two gentlemen were able to achieve essentially a world record trip in 27 hours. They used the 99 kilowatt battery in a single with a single uh, rear motor. It achieved over 800 kilometers of range compared to the the claimed 610 kilometer range. So that was providing an efficiency rating of roughly. Well, where is it here in the story? Yeah, they basically. Uh, they were getting some a ridiculous efficiency, 45% battery. So during the first day's test, they they wrote, did 250 miles and still had 45% of battery charge on return. Now, granted, they were driving, they kept their average speed to around uh, 50 kilometers, which is about 35 miles an hour or so. 
Um, and so, you know, it's not like they were blazing at, at uh, you know, peak highway speeds, but to say that, I mean, to it shows you that in certain conditions, the electric vehicles can produce long ranges and, and take you for long ranges uh, without issue. And so folks who have range anxiety, if you're doing in the city driving, you know, you really don't have to worry because uh, it, it, again, a long, as long as you're not doing stop, you know, trying to do jack strip like uh, stoplight to stoplight power burns, you should be okay. I mean, they were averaging 10.52 kilometers per kilowatt uh, in this route that they took uh, in, I guess it's in the UK. So, you know, that's probably not like just flat roads. There were probably some hills involved. Definitely, um, to be fair, you know, the weather there is probably optimal for EVs, like not too hot, not too cold, you know, kind of right in that mid-band. And so, you know, you didn't have to probably run any of the accessories and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, that's that's huge to be able to get that that type of range out of the vehicle. Um, it really speaks to the ability for regular people to extend that, to get that range too. And then kudos to Ford for not being like Tesla and giving you exaggerated claims of range, but giving you real world, um, real world driving ranges uh, for real drivers. So very cool. All right, just a couple more topics uh, for this week. Let's see. We already talked about current driver, talked about the fires. You know, Sandy Monroe continues to break down the Mustang Mach-E that they were uh, dismantling. And they found some very cool information. Um, they did some analysis on the instrument panel and they were able to identify an area on the panel that is not being used um, currently. And so they suspect that there will be some added functionality that's going to be displayed there. Uh, I mean, to me, I think it's probably related to the, you know, the, the four, what is it called? Blue Blue Cruise, where, you know, the, the self-driving thing, there's probably some space related to that that'll allow the vehicle to show, like, other vehicles around it that comes up on the, the radar. Sport is still going to be using radar and radar radar and LiDAR sensors on the vehicle to identify cross-traffic. Um, you know, I, but I don't know. It, it could be anything at this point. They they really don't go into uh, what they think it is. But, you know, in general, they've been pretty impressed with the, the Maki they've been tearing down. Um, you know, in terms of the, the way that Ford has manufactured it, the, the suspension components, um, the safety cage, the 
you know, the, the capability of the events and the, and the way that the, the whole dashboard and instrument panel has been constructed. They, they really were um, impressed with. So yeah, it's, you know, it, it really is, it's cool to see because sometimes the traditional manufacturers sort of get a lot of shade for, you know, not being as innovative manufacturing-wise as Tesla, but to their credit, I think they've been trying to do things that both leverage what they know how to do well, but also adapt to the new uh, technology, which, you know, using, for example, designing their battery to be a structural member of the vehicle, much like Tesla is doing to both increase stability, but then also to improve crash test scores. It's been a really good point. Uh, they also recognize that for a car as heavy as it is, the suspension design really does provide that sporty Mustang-like ride without it being too harsh like the, the two-door coupe. So I think they're almost done with their teardown of the whole vehicle. So if there's anything else, we'll try to cover it in our, in our next episode. Uh, let's see. There was one other story that we wanted to cover. It's kind of related, I guess. So the, you know, Ford has gotten pretty good press around the fact that they're going to be releasing the Ford F-150 Lightning, um, you know, all-electric pickup truck. But something that kind of goes under the radar a little bit is the current F-150 uh, Super Boost, which is a hybrid V6 that has either a 2.4 kilowatt our power boost option pack in the, the rear area or a 7.2 kilowatt hour uh, charging option uh, in the rear that can provide either direct electric power to whatever you know if you're a contractor and you want to run compressors uh, power tools directly whatever it provides that other thing that we saw that it could do in the energy crisis uh, in Texas earlier this year was that it could power a house if necessary. Now the folks over at the fast lane were able to show that it'll also charge an EV. And so they were able to, on a, with a trailer, they were able to have a Nissan Leaf get almost a full charge from an F-150 power boost uh, directly cable to cable uh, with just a couple of adapters. Um, you know, so, you know, you got like this all, another capability and another added bonus of having an electrified vehicle in that you've got now a generator for your house and a backup source of power for your EV. So if you're in a spot and, you know, you run out of, of charge and you're just sort of sitting there stranded, if, you know, your, your spouse has the, the hybrid pickup truck they can come give you a charge um and get you back on the road at least gives you enough juice over an hour or two to give you you know 10 to 20 miles to be able to get back home potentially so that that is huge and another reason uh that i think ford is gonna is on to something in their transition from internal combustion to electric vehicles and that they're looking at all those different options and, and looking at an owner's total household use and utilization because if you had say an f-150 
and a Mustang Mach-E, you got like kind of the perfect combo you know, in your driveway there. So we'll keep our, our ears open for other cool little tidbits like that um, as time progresses. Uh, and I guess the thing we'll close on is that if you go right now, uh, if you're like me and you're trying to plan when you're going to you know, actually do your purchase and you, you, know, you go frequently to the site to try to configure and, and do builds to see what options are available. Uh, I've been playing around with either a Mach-E GT or a Mach-E GT Performance Edition. And it seems like the, the options and the build times are staying stable at 26 weeks and 28 weeks respectively. And so now I'm at the point where I'm just trying to see when um, when Ford is going to switch it over to, you know, sort of starting to build the 22s. Because uh, at this point, if you're in, we're in the second week of July as, well, actually, I guess the third week of July as I record this. If you were to do a 26-week build now, that would put you at a delivery date of basically the middle of January. And so is that technically a 21 car still, or is that a 22? And if it's a 22, when will the cutover, the model cutover happen for the 23s? And so, because you figure at, by the time we get to that cutover, you're talking maybe summer of 22, will there be some, you know, equipment changes potentially? Like, could, for example, they offer in cooled seats on the front? Um, or could you add in a uh, heads-up display, which would be my dream but you know even if they don't we could we need to watch that if you're because if you're planning to take delivery of a vehicle let's say fall of 22 you may want to try to time it so that you know you're getting an updated model um instead of you know sort of the last of the run of the 21s um yeah, so we'll just have to keep watching that. And if there's anybody out there that's got some insider information, please hit us up. Uh, you can send an email to mustangmachepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd be happy to, to take that information and, and report on it because, uh, you know, I think I'm like a lot of folks in that, while I'm excited to, to place an order, I do want to make sure I get the opportunity at least to get all the options that are available and have the the freshest build with the most corrections and you know adjustments as possible so yeah we'll keep looking at that and that's going to do it for us this week we'll be back again in two weeks to give you more news more information um until then uh share this podcast with other folks that are interested in the Mustang Mach-E, if you got suggestions, please hit us up uh, on the, the, the email line. That's mustangmachepodcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe if you like what you hear. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Thanks.